don't we do that as uh, school owners? You know, we're gung ho in the beginning, we're building, we're building, we're building. And then we get to this point where we're comfortable and we kind of start to dive off again. And then we got to yeah. build back up. And, and then I think also our motivation, uh, you know, uh, does that too, where it has these peaks in these valleys, right? For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ali. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, uh, wonderful to see you. Uh, is that green or is that black you're wearing today? Hold on a second. You're uh, you're muted. All right, uh -huh. try that again. Yeah, now you go. Oh, I said uh, it's a gray, a grayish kind of like a, a green. It's a green color. Like okay. You know, All right. I thought we were going to be twins today. We're in black. We, but no, we normally not. do do that, don't we? Isn't that weird? Uh huh. There was a great movie years ago with Clint Eastwood, and I, he was like a drill sergeant in the military. And he, I remember that um, he'd come out in a red shirt, and all his people would be in a blue shirt, and he'd make them run, 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 and he constantly did that. And they. Unless they wore the right shirt, they were going to pound the pavement and exercise. And then they would even go as far as trying to watch him get dressed in the morning. And they thought they had the color. They'd tell everybody. And then he'd come out with a different color until they finally started to just naturally be in sync with him. And, uh, and you know, they'd all be in the same color. So I always think of that when you and I are like, hey, we're in, we're in blue again and we're in gray again. And it's kind of funny that way, right? Yeah. So, uh, man, let's play catch up. Um... I know it's been a week, but uh, let's let's play catch up. I've been traveling, and you know you've been hitting it hard. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. First, you like you had this great. Your son's uh, volleyball team is in the championships, or won the championships, or yeah. So they went. We went to uh, Salem, Virginia, for the NCAA um, men's volleyball Division three uh, volleyball, you know, championships. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they, they won it all, which was really neat experience. Um, that's, that's very cool. Yeah. It was close though, because, um, uh, the, the last game, you know, that they played, they, uh, uh, that went five sets. Wow. So, um, if I remember correctly, they lost the first, they won the second, they lost, the third, they lost the third and then won the fourth and then, you know, played the fifth set and then won the fifth set by five points. So that's great. Very cool. So, yeah, it was really neat. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's one thing to do it at a, and he, he doesn't, he didn't have a high school team. He always played, uh, um, uh, travel because his, you know, his high school net didn't have, uh, and still doesn't have uh, yeah. men's volleyball, but you know, to do it on a college level was, was, was a pretty neat experience. And I love what I watch your post, you know, so while, while you're there, you went hiking with your wife and you're out to dinner and, you know, you kind of segue family life into, you know, and, and following your son's, you know, uh, career in volleyball and also spending family time. So I, I commend you on that. That's a really great thing. And, and I think that's the testament to the running your own business and your own dojo. You're able to do that when other companies or people work for companies, they can't. So that's yeah, you know, cool. having a school that uh, you know is is your life, but isn't your life, if that makes sense, is really important. Oh, totally. I think our video ended just now, Dwayne. I'm not sure if maybe we get cut off. It says the live video has ended. It will be available to watch. So it, that our video stopped. 
Oh, yeah. It says here that, uh, oops, Facebook stopped your broadcast. <laughs> Wonder why. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, we'll just go ahead and uh, continue. It's recording anyway, so we'll continue and then we'll uh, we'll post it later. Okay. All right. Cool. Very so, cool. I wonder yeah. if it's uh, I wonder if it stopped on uh, on um, YouTube as well, right? Our YouTube channel. Yeah. Let me look up our YouTube channel and see if it stopped there. If it's still uh, still planning on that. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Like, what what happened? Did we didn't mention anything, any controversial topics yet? Are you sure? <laughs> Did we? Uh, maybe working and being able to be able to be self-employed and out on your own. Right. Um, maybe that was it. Yeah. I don't understand it, but um, yeah, so that's crazy. Maybe we got to try to get back. Maybe we could try to get back on. Can we do that by just posting it again on Facebook and see if it'll work? I don't know. I don't think so. No. I'm not sure that that's how it's going to work. Okay. All right. Well, I'm trying to find it on YouTube. You, you, you'll find it and let me know. Yeah, it says it's yeah. live. I mean, what we can do, yeah, here we go. Yeah, what we can do is we can post this uh, on there right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go to our uh, our page here real quick and throw that up. So, but yeah, you know, uh, if you've been a listener, you you know, you know that I run my school basically five or four days a week, but the fifth day is just. Um, you know, we do uh, uh, private lessons on that fifth day, which is kind of nice. You know, we're not running a six day a week school. Right. No, I love that. I think that uh, I think that is uh, definitely something that, you know, I was just talking to one of my clients today and or yesterday, actually. And he said, oh, I'm thinking of running a three days a week. I said, well, you got to run a little bit more. You know, you could do four. Um, at minimum, you know, so the least people have some variety, but I mentioned you, I said, you're open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you do privates and different things like that. And you're closed on Saturdays and Sundays, which that to me in itself is when you look at it later on in life, you know, when you're a little older, you go, wow, that's magical because, you know, you're running the same business with the same capacity of students and less time involved. I think that that's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just the life that I want to have, you know? Yeah. And that, you know, and that's like, you know, I think that that is, you know, what we do right in our lives where we orchestrate or build out what we want in, and especially in self being self-employed um, and, you know, running your own business, it doesn't matter really what it is. You can always set it up in a way where it's not, it's not a uh, an anchor. You're not like locked in with golden handcuffs, right? You know, you should have the whole ultimate goal of um, of you know running your own business is to be able to, of course, be able to do what you want, have the freedom to do what you want, have the money to do what you want, and experience it all, right? And I think that that's essential. I don't know if people really get that, and sometimes they build a business and they it's like the the uh, Rob Kiyosaki theory with the four quadrants of business, right? The cash flow quadrants. And he says, you're, you know, uh, upper, if you take your, a piece of paper and you draw, uh, you know, divide it into four squares, he has, you know, um, employee under it is self-employed at the top is business owner. And the bottom right is investor. Then he says, you want to work to get to the, be self-employed, but then you want to eventually be a business owner where you're not working for yourself and killing yourself every day. And you want to be able to jump between business owner and investor to grow your wealth. And I think that that's essential. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to do now, but I love what I'm doing. Like I really enjoy 
being able to teach the way I am, go in the way I do, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you have your spark back with it that was gone for a while. I mean, that makes a difference too. And and I think, don't we do that as uh, school owners? You know, we're gung-ho in the beginning, we're building, we're building, we're building, and then we get to this point where we're comfortable and we kind of start to dive off again and then we got to yeah. build back up. And, and then I think also our motivation, uh, you know, uh, does that too where it has these peaks in these valleys oh, right yeah absolutely and you're right though and it's funny i kind of was like what do you mean i got my spark back and then i'm, I'm thinking like spark like you know right away spark our sponsor spark came to mind i'm like what do you mean i've always had spark you know that kind of thing but you know what's interesting it's like I, and i've been doing this for 30 years you've been doing this for like 25 plus years right somewhere around there yeah we're thinking yeah. about the 23rd year 23 years. I mean, that's a long time. If I was a cop, I'd be retired by now. You, you do your 20 years on the job and you're out um, if I decided to. But I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, running my school. We've been established since 1991. That's a long time. And um, you know what really has always been the thing that made me less motivated, want to get out, want to retire, want to sell? It's dealing with clients. That's always been the business side. It's never, I, I mean, uh, yeah, listen, I've had some people that I've taught and they didn't want to listen or they've given me a hard time about whatever I'm teaching or they didn't believe in my system. But the majority of problems I've ever had had to do with business. It always had to do with, you know, a parent or a negative person saying things or someone who didn't like what I did after they joined my school and didn't want to pay. Um, my spark is back now because I, I kind of changed the way I think about things in the model. I, I don't want to let anyone get under my skin. I don't like, I just had a parent that I couldn't get along with for years and they were giving me a hard time about my contract. They redlined my contract on a lot of things. And I said, listen, I can't accommodate those changes. So you either do it my way or you can't come anymore. And they said, okay, well then we're not coming. And I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to miss your child. I love the person to death. And um, you know, but, uh, I just can't change who I am and what I do just for you. And, and they ended up moving on to a different school and I'm going to miss the student. That's painful. Cause I really was attached to the, to the child, but, um, I'm not going to miss the stress that I got from this particular family, the parents, which they were, you know, they were a little bit of a higher maintenance, always having to have private conversations, trying to work out deals during COVID, you know, nothing was ever, you know, appreciated of what we did and the traditions that we had. So, um, I'm happy to move on. And, and then two days later, I'm happy. I'm like, you know, I don't really want to deal with that. My life is stress-free. Well, don't you think that that comes with maturity in the business, knowing that, you know, you, you, you only have a threshold up until a certain point. I know in the beginning for me, I would take anybody and everybody and I'd put up with anything and everything. And now um, I'm like, eh, no, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah. done. Well, you see, that's the thing. My my good friend, who I've been trying to get him to interview um, him for a long time, he'd be a great interview. I accepted. He doesn't want to do it, I don't think, because he wears hearing aids, maybe. I'm just guessing. And um, he may not be a great interviewer, although he's a great speaker. So he's been ignoring me. I'm like, I want you to be on our show. And he said, oh, yeah, great, great. You know, and he ignores it and never, ever sets it up. But he always, he's funny, he's 72 and he says, my level of tolerance when I open was like out here, like my hands are off the screen, right? If people are just listening, he says, but now my level of tolerance is right here, as wide as my head. And he holds his hands up to the side of his ears. He goes, I'm not, I don't want to tolerate it. He goes, it's me. He goes, I know it's me. I, I hate it that that's me, but if they don't like it, they could get the hell out. You know, like I'm not gonna, I've been, he's been open for 45 years and I'm, he's like, I'm not, 
going to deal with this anymore. He's 72. He's probably going to retire soon or eventually. I mean, he has to, you know, he's not, I guess he could be 80 and still teaching and run, having sure. people. Run it. But this dude is on the floor every day, three, four classes a night still oh, at 72 years old. And he's teaching and he's active and he's motivated. He's really such an inspiration to me. But, um, but he always said the level of tolerance is so much smaller. And he says, when you're younger, you put up with more, you have more um, desire to grow the school and you'll tolerate attitudes. But between you and I, right, Dwayne, I mean, how many of those people that we tolerated and we bent over backwards for are still with us? And how much stress, right, and how much stress did those people give us throughout, right? They're the ones that are always, can I have a talk with you? Hey, you know, Mr. Brummett, I see, I noticed that you're having them wear a, a new patch on their shoulder. I, I don't believe in the patch, you know, like they always had to have something, right? There's always an issue. Or even, you know, you have the people that come up to you and say, you know, look, uh, we've got to quit because of money. And, and you're like, well, what, you know, what can I do to help? Right. And, you know, and then you sponsor them, you, you pay for them, and then you see them drive up in a, in a brand new car. Now, whether it's new off the lot, like brand new, right, right. or used new, it's still new to them. Yeah, and you know what? I get it. Like I start, and also too, a lot of my um, reduction of stress is my acceptance of certain perceptions, right? So, like for example, like that whole situation, I've had that happen before. Like Mr. Jones came in my office, beat me to death. I lowered my price walking out feeling like, wow, I just did a nice thing for that family. And then I see him at the local diner. The entire family of six is eating lobster tails. I've had that happen. And I walked over to them and said, you just beat me up for $20, $25 a month. And you wouldn't sign him up for the 25 bucks a month. But now you're out spending five months worth of those deals in your lobster tail dinner. Were you out celebrating? And I said, don't come back to my school. Like I literally did that. And then I had another guy who also did the same thing. And then he shows up the next day in this kit car, like a Ferrari kit car with the gull wing doors and people are taking pictures in the parking lot. And it, you know, it's not a Ferrari, but it's a brand new car. And I walk out, I'm like, Oh, whose car is this? Cause I'm a car guy. Oh, it's mine, sir. And I'm like, can I have a talk with you when you're done showing your car off? And I kicked him in the sun out because he was all, he bought a, a $40,000 car, but beat me up for 30 bucks and then had the audacity to bring it to my school and show it off. Like, you know, and, so, but nowadays my perception has changed. I don't really pay, I don't pay attention to what people's money, whether they're going on vacation, because that bothers you too. You're like, they're not paying tuition, but they're at Disneyland. I have that happen just recently. And they, you know, they had the money to go to Disney with the entire family, but they couldn't pay me my martial art tuition. And I'm, the, I'm stupid for doing that. But then again, if I don't, they're going to quit and the kid's going to lose out. So I stopped judging people and just let it go. I'm like, you know what people, human behavior is going to be that way. And it's literally taken my stress level down to almost nothing. Yeah. Well, I I'm, I'm almost to the point where there, this is the price, no deals. Um, right. you know, you, you, I'm sorry, you can't afford it anymore or, you know, I'm sorry, you can't afford it to begin. Like I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm at that point now where, where I, I can't be doing deals. Right. And you know what you ask yourself too, like, okay, so, so again, a deal. So let's just say your tuition is, I don't know, 179 a month, but they say, okay, I can only afford 150. So they save themselves $29. You know that they're going to go out somewhere for 29 bucks and blow $29, whether it be 
on a, a, out to dinner at Burger King or whether they bought their kid a new toy or they went to a water park. So when you when we give out, it's really all about budgeting, right? People have in their mind what they want to spend and maybe they don't want to spend it on us. And sometimes we say, I'm sorry then, I guess you can't come. And then they don't. But, but at the same time though, we have to be good and strong about holding our values and keeping our prices so that we don't have uh, you know, 20 to 30 different people at different price levels and you got to sell for what you're worth. You know, so. Well, you do. And um, I don't know, I guess you can have some sort of program set up that you go, okay, I'm going to help people, but there's only X a number, uh, you know, X number of people that we, that we are going to help. And this is a dollar amount. And then you just say the scholarships are over. You know, you know, it's funny. I, I, um, I'm, I was promoting the get karate students webinar the other day and I got an email back from some guy and he's like, I don't think you should charge money for martial art lessons. And I said, why? And we went through this big thing. I said, are you rich and you can afford it? He says, well, I can afford it. So I'm not going to charge. I said, well, that's not fair to say that others shouldn't because you're wealthy enough not to charge. I said, and by the way, I do think when people get things for free, they don't value it as much. Right. But in, you know, even if you were rich and if I had one lotto tomorrow, I maybe would keep my prices the same or lower them a little if I had, if I could. Um, but, um, and I'd still continue to offer that service, but I certainly wouldn't make it for free because then people would not appreciate it. You know, oh, I think, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's funny that you even entertained the comment. Right. Well, I do. You know me. I always talk to people and try to figure out what's in their head and what's going on and, and so on. So it's just crazy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's weird, right? Like we work, I just was saying this this morning. I mean, what other business works as hard as we do? Like, you know, like if you make coffee and you, or you have a cafe and you make sandwiches and coffee, right? You just take your product, you cook it up and you wrap it and hand it to the person. Yeah. You got to have quality control. The food can't be rotten. It has to taste well. But with us, like we're constantly, there are layer upon layer upon layer upon layer that we're constantly having to do. Think about it. Like coffee. I'll have a coffee, sir. What do you want? Sugar and milk. Great. Boom. Pour it in and hand it to the person. With us, we have motivational cards, you know, motivational text. We're staying on top of promotions and testing and striping and parents' night outs and what all of this stuff layer upon layer upon layer within our business to run it. So when people say a martial art business is not that hard to run, I beg to differ. I think it's, I ran landscape companies a million dollar landscape company, it was like a third as difficult to run, even though I had crazy employees breaking equipment, you know, ruining things, but it was less stress to run that business than it is to keep our clients happy. Um, so, right. Yeah. I, I had a, a, a student of ours, the mother Facebook messaged me um, the information on a, uh, uh, somebody had done a post in marketplace you know, right. the Facebook marketplace, they had karate belts for a dollar. Yeah. And uh, I know the guy. Okay. Um, so I, I have a cell phone number. I texted him. I said, hey. And I knew that they were closing. I just didn't know he had any. And yeah, I didn't yeah. know he had inventory. And so I went up to his, his place, his school. And, you know, I went through and got the belts that would work for me and paid him the money. And, and, uh, you know, and we were talking about martial arts business. And I said, yeah, I go, you know, people think it's easy to run a martial arts school. Right. And he goes, and I said, but it isn't. 
And he goes, mm. yeah, he goes, I know. I mean, and obviously he knows, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but part of his problem was, you know, he opened up into a, he opened up into a small town. He should have never opened in that town. Right. You know, he needed to be somewhere else. Now that's not to say that if he would have opened up in my town, cause he's only like seven, seven or eight, maybe 10 miles away at best. Yeah. It's not to say that he would have been as successful as me uh, either, you know, but there would have been right. a bigger population to pull from. <clears throat> Yeah. And you know what, that's, that's the thing too. Like, it's interesting, um, using spark now, uh, and they have a new thing called the ultimate stat machine or something like that. And you could look at your stats and it's quite for you and I, have you looked at it yet? It's, it's going to make you go crazy because you and I love stats. So it tells you like where your quit rates are, what belt level they left at, how long are the training they've been going before they quit and joined and how many people joined from a trial to a, to a membership and all these great stats. And when you look at all those things, you know, that it's really amazing to see how many running components have a factor of what we do. Right. So like, you know, for example, you know, uh, they, they come to class, they love the class, they're having a great time, but they don't get promoted quick enough or within the time period. So they start thinking, well, I'm not doing well. So then the parent says, when is my kid getting promoted? He's getting demotivated. And then you got to have that conversation. Um, there's a lot of moving parts within a school to keep the school going. And, and, you know, old school mentality was tough luck, train, shut your mouth and do it. And while people used to do that, they no longer accept that so easily. Um, but if you want to have that mentality, you have to educate why that's a good way to be with your clients. Um, but uh, yeah, there's so many things that I look at in the school and I say to myself like, wow, I can't believe I get it all done with my team. Um, and uh, people are overwhelmingly happy. I, I can't believe I get it all done. Uh, or I, I used to get it all done uh, <laughs> before we had Spark. Right. I know. Well, that Holy was crap. My well, remember my DNA uh, that I had yeah. built on the Excel spreadsheet? I don't know if you, I gave that to you to look at and have. But um, so for the listeners that are listening, I made this spreadsheet up and I took all my program managers at the time, 10 of them. And I'd say, well, what do I give you to do? And what do I give you to do? And what, what do you expect of it? And tell me what you think is, you know, um, too much to ask or, or not important. And we ended up spending months developing this sequential organized day-to-day -day activity log on what should be done to run a martial arts school. You know, like on Monday and Wednesday and Friday, do the We Miss You calls. Tuesdays and Thursdays, call the old trial classes, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'd have it. So they'd sit at the desk, they'd hit open up this Excel spreadsheet and they'd know what to do on Monday and they would check the boxes. But um, I could swear to God, and I, I'm only saying this uh, sarcastically and jokingly, that Spark stole that from me, right? Like, and I know they didn't, i am be clear on that, but, but that's kind of like what a, a good school owner would do if they were really running a tight, very good school, they would do all the things that I had in my DNA. Well, Spark does all that. It has it all so that, you know, you're able to check all the boxes and get it all done. All the one thing though, I would say that would benefit Spark was having it as a daily, you could set it up and have a daily log of tasks to do like my DNA where they could, a school owner could open it up because a lot of them are twiddling their thumbs. I'm actually twiddling my thumbs in the video. I don't know if you can see it, but, but, um, and, uh, you know, uh, they don't know what to do on a day-to-day -day basis. They have the power 
of, of everything in Spark, but they just don't know what to do. What should I do on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday? And by the way, speaking of Spark, next week, I think we're going to be able to get Ron Sell, who was the owner, is, is the owner and the developer and brains behind Spark and setting it up. He's going to come on and do an interview with us. Yeah, that's going to be a good interview. Yeah, I want to, I, I want to, well, I don't want to, I want to kind of promote it as like the Wizard of Oz, because he's like the man behind the curtain, right? That's really, he sees like, he, I think there's like 3,000 Spark members. So imagine the power of trending. He could see what's up, what's down, what's selling, what's not, the industry. Um, he could see it all in one central, you know, stat. So that's pretty powerful stuff. He's got his pulse on everything that's going on across the, the world, right? Yep. Yeah. So I can't wait to interview him on that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, what do you think? And I know that, you know, we're just kind of spitballing here. Um, but, uh, this got me thinking as, as we were talking, what is the, the mindset of an individual that has a successful school? And I guess we need to define what success is because really success is, is defined in many different ways. You know, whether you want a full-time school uh, whether you want a part-time school, whether you want a, you know, a full-time school that, you know, you are just orchestrating everything, but not actually teaching. So there are different levels of success. So, right. and, I, and I don't know that we need to go through and define all of those, but, um, you know, what do you think the, the, the difference in mindset? Because I, I do believe that there are part-time school owners that want to go full-time. Yeah. That, have not been able to do it or have never been able to do it. Heck, they've been doing it 20 years or more like me and they're still doing it part-time. Well, I think that the best thing that you said is to determine what success is for that person. However, I think that most people who do, do not know what success could be, like our old saying, which we haven't said it in a while, but you don't know what you don't know, right? So like, you know, um, do they believe that they can't be successful because if they are, they're selling out, they're a McDojo, they're charging too much, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, so there's a lot of stigmas that unfortunately come with the um, dysfunction of the martial arts, right? You know, like, so when I say dysfunction, there's a lot of dysfunction that comes along with the training, especially if they're old school, like the teachers back in the day were very physically and mentally abusive because they thought, and, and by the way, for some that worked really, really well. Like, you know, I, I once had internal bleeding, you know, like, and I'm coughing up blood. So I go to my teacher and I say, you know, uh, sir, I, I have internal bleeding when I get hit and, you know, what do I do? I'm hoping that he's going to mix me up a potion and, you know, right. And say, do this and do that. He's like, don't be a baby, man. Stop whining. Right. Yeah. He goes, stop whining, drink more milk. That's what he tells me. You know, that was his. And I walked out of there going like, not at all what I was looking for. Now, the other hand though, with Tanimura sensei from Japan, if I would have said that he would have taken it. And I did, I had an injury one time in Japan. He took me to an acupuncturist, his own personal acupuncturist. They gave me a little tincture to drink at night. I was better within like two days. It was amazing. Like what happened with the ancient medicines, a different Mr. Miyagi experience versus the American version of the experience. <laughs> right. So um, I think that's important that we have to understand like, what's, what is our dream dojo? Like it don't feel bad about it. Just without thinking, tell me what you want. And then they'll say, Oh, I would love to have hundreds of students and teach them my art. 
Well, so the nice thing is you get to define your own success and then right. you, and, and it's not wrong. Like, so I was, I was amazed, like this was an eye opener. This was a paradigm shift for me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Your, your word paradigm. Um, when somebody, you know, in the industry, especially back in the day, everybody was talking about how many students do you have? How many students do you I, have? How many students? Oh, I've got 300. Oh, I've got 400. Blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And when somebody said to me, you know, that's really the, you know, depending on what your your, your definition of success is, right. that's the wrong question to ask. Right. And I'm like, okay, like, what do you mean? And they said, well, what is your definition of success? And I said, well, I want to impact a lot of lives, but I also want to make a lot of money. Right. In doing it, you know, because I really believe in Zig Ziglar saying that you can have everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Right. Right. And so. Um, he said, so it sounds to me like the question for you is, uh, what is your net profit? Right. What is your net profit? So what is your net profit goal and what is your net profit right now? That's where your definition of success is. And so, yeah. you know, as the listeners, as you're hearing this, like Ali said, you do need to come up with whatever your definition is. And there's no, this is the nice thing about your life. There's no wrong answer to right. that. Now, we would encourage you to think bigger, bigger, not necessarily, you know, meaning more money, more whatever, bigger could be or, or broader, right, might be a better term than bigger. So, you know, I, it took me years, I was doing six days a week. And then I go, what the heck am I here on Saturdays for? I'm missing my family. Right. What What's going to happen to my business if I took those black book clubs and those leaderships and all that other stuff and added it into my schedule during the week and then right. just did private lessons on Friday and got rid of a, uh, uh, you know, those classes on Saturday, what's the worst that's going to happen. And right. you know what? I, I make more money now than I did back then when I had those classes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the fact. Like, you know, so, so here's a perfect example. Uh, months ago, Dwayne, you said to me, Hey, some guy posted a comment on our, on our, podcast page on Facebook. Like, why would you listen to Ali? He just closed one of his schools and you're like, should we delete it or leave it? I'm like, ah, you know, you delete it. You're like, I don't want this up there. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, no one knows why I, and by the way, I never, like, if I were to move my location from here to here, would that mean I closed it? No, right? So I basically took my locations and I combined them together in my one location that was much more conducive to growth and, and opportunity. And I was able to get an offer of a lifetime on my building and then reduce my stress level, right? And I have, like I said, I think the last time we spoke, you know, we were 65% under when COVID hit. We lost 65% of our membership. We're about 10 students under what we were before pre-COVID numbers um, with both schools combined in one location. So if you could think about that, like my expenses dropped by like 30,000 a month. And I'm making the same amount of money in one location. And I'm able to, like the other day, I had kidney stones. I get them on a regular basis. So my kidney was killing me. So I said, Ryan, is it okay? Can you handle it tonight? He said, of course, sir. Feel better. I, you know, I'll take care of it. And I just stayed home. You know, I don't have the stress of like, no, I got to go in and do it. And what if I don't show? I mean, it makes my life so much easier. And for me now, I, when a lot of my friends are expanding to multiple locations, this is perfect for me now. I'm not saying it's wrong to have many schools because you're going to do that eventually too soon, multiple schools. But for me, I'm just, I decided I'm 56. Look, dude, if I live to 80, I don't have, I only have like 24 years left, right? Isn't that a crazy thought? 
Yeah, but that's what, do you remember the movie Holy Man with Eddie Murphy? It, it's stuck in my head. I've written about it. So Holy Man, Eddie Murphy is this wanderer. He's a holy man. And um, Jeff Goldblum runs like a QVC uh, TV network. And they somehow he bumps into Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy is just like this spiritual being who has got nothing but love in his heart. So he brings him in to sell a lawnmower, like, because everyone loves this guy. So Eddie Murphy's on QVC and he's like, come with me. He's sell the lawnmowers right there. Come with me. And the camera's like, no. And he walks out the studio and the cameras are unplugging and following him. And he goes out to the yard and he goes on his knees and he touches the grass. And he's like, you see this grass? He says, if you are 40 years old and you live to 80, you only have 40 more seasons of grass growing where you could walk in it and smell it and cut it. He goes, you only have 40 more birthdays, 40 more Christmases. If you're, if you're going to live another 40 years, he goes, when you think about things like that, it's an incredible change. And by the way, the ticker starts, people buying lawnmowers like crazy. They don't want to pay landscapers. They want to cut their lawn. But when I think about it, I always say like, I have 30, if I live to 80, and maybe I live more, I hope to God, right? But if I only live to 80, I have, you know, whatever, 25 more birthdays, 25 more Thanksgivings with my family. You know what I mean? It's, it, it changes your perspective on life. Am I going to just kill myself until I'm 75 and then die at 80? Like my poor dad worked till, you know, he couldn't work anymore. He's sick and he had nothing to show for it. Um, never went to the vacations, always dreamed about going here and going there, never did any of that stuff. I don't want that. I want to be able to live my life. And that's what I consider success now. And it doesn't have to be 200,000 a month. It could be 50,000 or 40,000 or 20,000. As long as my expenses are paid, I'm putting money in the bank. I don't have to kill myself. That to me is success. Yep. And so I would just encourage the listeners to, you know, go and define what success is for you. And then decide, you know, that, you know, can then, you know, reverse engineer that. How do I get to, 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 yeah. to that? You know, is it, is it a product? Is it a program? Is it a person? Maybe it's all three um, yeah. that I need to invest in in order to get where, where it is that I want to go. I would say that, you know, there's nothing new under the sun uh, right. in, in the martial arts industries. So things have been repackaged and repackaged and re repurposed and, and, Right. But there really is nothing new under the sun. Now, there's a lot of more new and improved things. Like, for instance, obviously, you know, one of our sponsors, Spark, um, that software is nothing new with regards to the concept of having a martial arts software. But the improvements that Ron Sell has made in that software has Insane. made it phenomenal, right? So yeah. I know for me, um, I remember when I said to myself because this is when i was a the assistant meat manager at, at a super kmart here in our town and they wanted me to move and go up to another store and be the manager at this other store and i refused to do it because i i, I wanted to have a studio right and uh i remember walking up to the front desk because there was a, a lady that had a problem with you know something with the meat so I went and solved that problem. And on my way back, I'm walking back to the meat department and a friend of mine who is a martial artist. And I, I met him through martial arts. I told him that this is, this is what I'm going to do for a living and, and uh, you know, full time. And he looked me right in the eyes. He said, you know, Dwayne, he goes, you're, you're never going to do it full time. Wow. And awesome. I don't remember if awesome he said, what's that? Awesome to have friends, right? Well, you know what? Um, I didn't know it at the time, but given now over time, I understand that he is not an optimist. He is a pessimist. You know, I mean, I didn't really, 
I knew him through the martial arts, but it wasn't like we were buddies. Right. I would say, you know, look, I've known him longer than I've known you, but I, I would venture to say I know you better than I know him. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, of course. We live thousands of miles away from each other. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Uh, but for him to say that to me, um, I was hurt. Yeah. But but I didn't, you know, get into running the school and he, he was never like the motivation I'm gonna show you type yeah. thing. Um because he had a school. Right. He he and two other people opened up a school together. Problem was they opened up the school in the same town that this other guy that I said just closed, you know, through COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same town. Like it was just it's not gonna go in that town. Right. Um but I say all that because one, I made the decision to do it. Two was as I was building the business, I had to make decisions. I could no longer, you know, like I needed time. I needed more time in at TriStar and less at Kmart. So I had to go to my manager and say, look, um, is it possible? I know that I won't be the assistant meat manager anymore. Is it possible to drop down to 32 hours so I can still keep my insurance? And, you know, I will be, you know, a regular meat cutter for you. Right. And they made that happen. They, they hired somebody else. Their biggest problem was, you know, was I going to be able to get along being a subordinate after being a boss? Right. You know, so we did have a few meetings on that and I'm like, absolutely. You tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. And, you know, my personality, I think helped in that aspect. But so all that to say, I went from full time to 32 hours and then I needed more time. Right. So I went down to 24 and I should have just quit. Um, right. But I dropped down to 24 because I was still scared. And then, you know, I had a chiropractor friend of mine say to me, you know, um, look, you got to put all your eggs in one basket if you want to make it happen. Right. And then that's when I finally gave him my two weeks, jumped in and, you know, it just it just kept rising from there. Yeah. The, the other shift though, for me was I wasn't just a martial artist. I was a business owner. So I needed to learn how to run a business effectively. And that's back in the day when I was using, um, you know, Joe Gallia service, PPP. Yeah. PPS, I think. Yeah. Yeah. PPS. Yeah. Yeah. Professional yeah. payment systems. Yeah. PPS. Yeah. P- yeah, PPP is what I need to file my payroll uh, 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 protection program. Need my forgiveness for yeah. Um, but it was the decision. Like like I had a mind shift where you know yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna become a business owner. I'm not just a karate guy. You know what I mean? Trying to do business. I'm a business owner who happens to be a karate guy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it totally makes sense. And it's kind of funny, though, that that's where I think the big problem is with martial arts schools, right? So, so for example, have you ever heard of Gakohama? Gakohama is an Aikido master. He's written like seven books. Um, if you're ever in the Colorado area, I mean, I haven't been there in a long time. He owns a beautiful Aikido school, like 600 tatami mats. And the school is built out of a warehouse that he renovated. So it looks like an old Japanese farmhouse. And there's a museum in it and a restaurant. He's a sushi chef. And, um, you know, he started off selling miso soup on the corner of the road and and people would pull up to him and buy the soup and give him the money and drive away. And he built it into this empire. Um, But he had that business knowledge. Right. So a lot of school owners don't have that. So that's where they fall short. They, they, most of them open up a school because they love martial arts and they think that they could just 
rent a building, which is simple. You go to a landlord and rent a building and you, you get the electric turned on and you buy some mats and all of a sudden you make a flyer, which half the time is terrible because they don't know how to make an advertise. And then they start going, right? And then, then they, if they want to grow, they have to learn the basic concepts of business, get a coach, join a program. Um, and that's where a lot of school owners fall short. I mean, even with marketing, I, I hear it all the time. I'm getting a lot, a lot of leads, but the leads suck. The leads that I'm getting, they suck because when they come in, they don't join. Okay, it's the lead's fault, right? And it's the marketing guy's fault. Or is it maybe that you don't have your crap together and you don't know how to sign them up? Or you don't have a good presentation, right? Or maybe your school looks like total crap when they walk in and it smells or it doesn't, it, you know, like there's a lot of factors and layers that people don't really get that they need to really pay attention to. Well, and is uh, it, yeah. Is it the Disney experience? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Isn't that... Like when I always, I've talked about this many times before, but the magician, Chris Angel, um, his brothers and family trained with me. And one time I went to Vegas to, to with the super show, I was speaking at it and uh, I met JD and he took me around to all Chris's stores. And he said, this is what I want for you in your dojo. That's what he said to me. Cause he goes, you're, you're training on the floor and the way it looks and the way you teach is perfect. He goes, I love that. He said, but when I walk through the door, I don't get that same feeling from like the training. So you, you got to match your lobby and your branding to match that experience. You know, so I was like, wow, dude. And he's like, let me just take you around. And, went to, and anytime I stepped in one of those Chris Angel stores, the smell, the music, like he had his patchouli and the incense and the candles burning of, of what he sold, his old candle line. In fact, I have one right on my desk, right on my shelf behind me. Um, and it was like, wow, I just literally entered into that world for that hour. So Disney, yeah, there you go. The Disney experience. So the listeners, you can't see this, but I'm holding up a picture of my grandkids right in front of the Disney castle. They, yeah. they just got surprised. They went to Florida this week. And oh, they wow. didn't know they were going to Disney. So I got this text from my granddaughter uh, with this picture of them in, in front of the castle. But can you yeah. imagine them walking in? One, not knowing that they're going. But right. then two, they show up and they walk in and they see that castle and the yeah. whole experience that they're going to yeah. get throughout that whole time. And that's that if people could hear that and really take that to heart, like I'm right now working with one of my clients, a coaching client, and I'm building out their website and we're trying to make their brand, con, you know, uh, basically congruent throughout. Um, but I also had, had them send me a video of their school and they, while the mat is beautiful and clean, the, the walls are barren and they don't have any, you know, branding up, no signs, no logos, no pictures, no retail. I'm like, let's start filling this stuff out. So when people come in, they go like, ah, oh, this is a really interesting school. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest problem. I think that, so, so back to our thing, success, um, people have to realize like, what do they want? Even if they want a small school and they only want to teach 30 people, that's fine. If that to them is success, go for that, right? If they want to have a big school with hundreds of students, that's fine too. Go for that. But you have to have a plan in action. You have to have a support team, not of students because they're not your support team. They're your, they're your students. You got to have mentors or like-minded friends that have, ex that have excelled where you want to be. Like I, I used to be in a group where I'd pay coaching every month for, uh, you know, and I'd sit around the table with once a month with these like 10 business owners. And they would, what I didn't like was they put me in a group of peers that were 
other type of businesses, coffee, landscaping, you know, construction, but they were all at my income level. So when I asked questions, they kind of answered me with things I already knew. Like I wanted to be in the group with the people that were at the $2 million, you know, so I could say, how did you get there? I didn't want to be around people, like-minded people, because I thought that I couldn't get help by them. I needed a mentor. Well, yeah, and I've been in groups like that before, too. Not that I'm the smartest person in the room, because they're all smarter than me. I mean, every single one of them, by the way, because I did a Dan Kennedy uh, mastermind for years. Um, But I felt like I was light years ahead of these people. I know. Marketing and follow up and systems and how emails work and just. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. So you got to be with somebody that uh, uh, that is as above you. You just you just got to be. Yeah, but it's like going to a martial arts school and training with someone who is a blue belt and you're a black belt. Like, you know, how are you going to learn un- unless it's a blue belt in a different system that's better than you, but like Brazilian jiu-jitsu maybe. But, but you have to go with someone who's going to push you. Right. It's like, it's funny. My daughter's in college. She's almost finished with her fourth year and she does these projects on with a marketing thing. And she's always dad, what would you do? And then I'll tell her and she'll do it. And then she'll present it and get A's. And I'm like, that's become better than your teacher at marketing because he's clueless because he has a college degree, but he's never truly marketed. Oh probably, my gosh. Probably didn't study like we do on how to sell and the psychology of selling. Well, and headlines and subheads and then, you know, getting oh, yeah. the buy-in on every single sentence, you yeah. know? Yeah. So there's so, so for the owner, school owners that are struggling and want to be better and defining success, I think you and I are both saying um, decide on who you want to be now. That could change in three years, right? But f- at least find out who you are now and decide on what that is. And then let's grow the, our business to be what you want to be now. And then, you know, work towards that and maybe get a mentor, a coach, you know, join a program, whatever the case may be. But you need someone to show you how to get there. My biggest dilemma with people I coach is like, I'll tell them what to do this week. By next week, they haven't done it. They're paying me, but they're not moving forward. And it's funny, like I take lessons on guitar and my instructor is a virtuoso, world-renowned, famous rock star. And um, he'll get mad at me. Like I'll be, and it's funny, I feel like a white belt because he's like, Al, use your third finger. And I'm like, got my second finger down. He's like, Al, your third finger. I'm like, I got my third finger. He's like, look at your fingers, please. Sorry, man. And then I'll fix it, you know, and he'll, be, and he'll just go. Are you going to stop? When are you going to learn this stuff? Like, you know, like he gets frustrated, but he's pushing me. And may, I, I almost feel bad when I don't practice as much as I should. And I don't feel like I learned it well because I feel like I'm disappointing him. But I have that. It seems like he's my sensei again. You know, I have a martial art, but it's a music sensei. And we need that, right? Don't we, don't we need people to push us and help us and guide us and so on? I think that's important. Yeah, but um, I also think that sometimes we don't we don't want that. Yeah, because well, we're huh? Because we're comfortable, right? Where we are at, comfortable, or our ego doesn't want it because we right. don't want to be told what to do. So, um, you know, you have your your Wednesday morning meetings with your with your friends because you do Funny breakfast. Yeah, um, I have it with Master Bean and also Master Kent now because we're going to be opening that school with him, and so you know we got together for coffee this morning at Master Bean's house and we're sharing stuff and. You know, th- this still stings me, but it's my problem, not theirs. But, you know, uh, Kent had said something to me today about, you know, we just got to make sure our communication is, you know, that we're on the same page. And, and, and 
and there was more to it than that, but just to simplify it for conversation piece, you know, he was telling me, you know, my student is telling me he's right. an adult now. I mean, I still see him as a kid, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's telling me what I need to do. Yeah. And I need to be able to accept that because there are areas that he is better in than I am. Yeah. And I should be, and I can, and I am, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I should be okay. With yeah, that. it's hard. It's hard though. And you know, I understand that, but that is the ego portion even on our end. Right. Like, so, so like, for example, I had a trial class yesterday and uh, I, I, made, I booked him in the wrong day. So I said to Ryan, why don't we just throw him into our leadership team and let the leadership team people practice with this four-year-old and teach him? Nah, I don't think we should do that. And I'm like, but I think it'd be good. So we don't have to reschedule him. Blah, blah. Nah, I don't think we should do that. I said, okay, I, I respect what you're saying. Cause you're there. I'm taking the night off. I said, I don't agree with it, but I'm going to respect your wishes. He's like, thank you. Like, it wasn't even like, no, 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 we'll do it your way. He, that's just the way he wanted it. And I got to kind of give him that opportunity, right? You get just like you're doing with your guy. You got to let them have their own opinion. Well, we're doing our t-shirts for t-shirt summer. And I, I called Bean yesterday, you know, master Bean. And I said, Hey, what do you think about the uh, martial arts athlete t-shirt? And I had it on yesterday. I don't have it on today. So yeah, you can't yeah. see it. But the martial arts athlete t-shirt, um, we only did that for, you know, the people that scored certain amount of points and during that martial arts athlete challenge, right. you know, why don't we just redo that shirt rather than coming up in the new design? He said, yeah. He said, but isn't, wasn't that just a specialty shirt? Wasn't that just for the individuals that earned it? He goes, what does that do to the individuals that actually got it? And, and, and I go, okay, yeah, you're right. I'll come up with a different design. Yeah. You know, great so input, right. It, it was, and it's not that I disagreed with him on that. Although there has yeah. been things that I can totally relate to the fact that I've disagreed yeah. with, but went ahead and went with his, um, you know, with him saying whatever he said, you know, yeah, give them the win. That's really important for them to have that win. But although I've had uh, like opinions from employees that I said, I'm listening to you. Uh, I hear you. Don't be upset if I don't agree with you, because sometimes as an owner, I'm going to listen to all the input and then make a final decision. But don't take it personal. But like if, if you do that too often, then they're just going to be they're going to be shut up and they're going to they're not going to give you their opinion. So it's good that you gave them the win because it made sense. And, and he was right. Right. So that kind of thing. So that's important. But yeah, yeah. And there's been times where I didn't do that or I said, you know, look, I, I understand what you're saying, but here's my point. And here's why we're going to do this. That's good. I like that. Yeah. And, so. and that's, and that's the re and by the way, through that, maybe you're also teaching them or him how to do things differently from your perspective, because again, it's, it's your level of expertise is way up here and they're just learning. So sometimes people are just learning, like even this marketing teacher of my daughter's, I'm going like, he doesn't do it for a living. He, he maybe ran a marketing agency, but he's not really, doesn't seem to me like a lot of his points are really that, that really in depth. So you, I'm sorry to cut you off. You, you, okay. People couldn't see this on the screen, but, but you know, you, when you were talking about level of expertise, you had your hand down low and then you brought, you know, the other one up high, meaning right. that I had a, you know, a larger, uh, you know, or a bigger or taller area of expertise. Right. I've kind of now tried to switch my, and I'm not saying you're wrong, um, but I'm, I've kind of now tried to switch my mentality to um, that, you know, and, and, and for the listeners, they can't see this, but I'm holding my hands just as wide as my head. This is, this is their, you know, uh, let's say Mr. Bean's window that he can see right. through. Right. So because I've done this longer, 
and because I do other things in the business that he has no clue of what's happening. Yeah. My window now, and my hands are coming off the screen. My window now is wider. Right. Of course. So yes, my area of expertise is probably, although he's closing the gap. Right. Right. Um, my perception and my, my window is wider than his one because of experience two because of knowledge, but three, because I have access to more information about the business. Right. And access to more information about the martial arts industry as a whole. Right. Yeah. Than he does. And I think what that does for me is that allows me to put him on the same, um, level as me and give him the respect that is due. Does that you kind of follow that? I'm totally following it. In fact, I, I can definitely equate that to a really easy uh, example. Like I coach one of my clients and I and he's buying real estate. So uh, not too long ago, actually on three deals, he's buying a lot of rental properties and renting them. So a, a deal or two ago, he's like, I, you know, the mortgage fell through, I'm gonna lose this deal. And I'm like, dude, why? Why don't you ask the people to hold the mortgage for you? Oh, I don't know if they'll do that. So he asked them and they said no. And I said, what about asking your family to loan you the money? And then you pay them back interest at a higher rate than they're making on a stupid bank account right now because of interest. So, you know, let me ask my dad that. Yep. I'm, the next day he tells me, I, I bought the house. Just like that. Like it was just because I've done so much real estate and, and deals. Um, and then I've been able to share with them. And then there was another house that he recently just bought. And I gave him another idea just from experience of holding the note and giving balloon payments in between something that he's never done or even knew about or thought about, but I've done it before. So I was able to share. It's like being in the room. If I'm a realtor and I wanted to buy from like a real estate tycoon, like Rob Kiyosaki or Adolf DeRoosh or even a Donald Trump that has millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars of property. They could think about things at light speed that we would never even think about. And they're doing it all the time. This thing you could do, that thing. So that's the same with martial arts school owners. We have to, you know, school owners should look to the successful ones and ask advice, mentor with them, learn from them, listen to the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Well, like even uh, we had Solomon Brenner on, right? And, uh, you know, he owns what is it? Twenty some odd schools. 22, they own twenty two, I think. Yeah, and they have they have uh, you know not all their schools, but a lot of their schools or some of their schools, whatever it is, they own the real estate for the schools, yeah. and and uh, they and part of the building is rented out to other you know businesses. Yeah. And I mean, that would be just like that. You would ask somebody yeah. like you or ask somebody like him that has had that experience, that yeah. wide view that you don't have. Right. Yeah. Like, look, I'm not, I've never been into the stock market. I've always been leery of investing in stocks. Um, and uh, so I've always in, invested in brick and mortar rentals and buildings and homes and flipping houses and having commercial buildings. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I now I'm just starting to do stocks and dabble with it. It might not be a good time because the economy is, you know, the way it is. But at the same time, I'm asking like one of my students, he owned his own stock exchange, uh, you know, a, a seat on the stock exchange. So he's no longer doing that. And he's in, he's building a rocket actually right now, it's actually a rocket to his special propulsion engine. But I, I'll text him, Hey, what do you think about this? And he'll be like, ah, I wouldn't do it. You know, like he's my in on advice. So I'm mentoring with him, learning from him, getting advice from him because he's done it. You know, it's part yep. of his wheelhouse. So I want to share this with you. Uh, it's about a three minute video. So I want to put it up here. Oh, cool. Um, but give the idea to all the school owners. If you live in a town that has a college or there's a college near your town, 
um, you know, so if people are going to, uh, you know, go, going like their um, uh, degree is going to be in videography, right? right. Um, why not get a hold of, of the uh, the professor at that or the instructor there and say, hey, if anybody, you know, anybody needs a final project, uh, you know, martial arts is one of the, the, the best things to videotape and put a video together for. And then you you actually get the video right. that you can use for promotion, right? Yeah. So, so this is the video. We I, I have Olivet Nazarene University in our town. Um, I did not think of this. I, I actually have one of the students that's in, in that program that started with me about a year ago. And she said, hey, we got a, a, a final project we have to do. Would you be, I, yep, I'm totally interested. Right, right. Let's do it. So we set up the time and everything. So uh, one, I want to give the idea out, but two, I want to go ahead and play it so that people can see kind of what. Yeah, I'm know. excited. Let's but see I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm going to put it in here. I'm embarrassed. I need a new awning. So when you see this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, understand that I need a new awning. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me hit play. My name is uh, Dwayne Brumman. I'm the owner of TriStar Martial Arts Academy here in uh, Bradley, Illinois. I hold the rank of uh, seventh degree black belt uh, currently and uh, the, uh, the title of uh, uh, Professor Brumman. I have nine kids. Um, eight of them are currently enrolled at TriStar. The leadership skills that come through the curriculum and then also the additional pieces they add into the curriculum are amazing. They have really encouraged my kids to be strong leaders, be good communicators, and really stand up for what they believe in and who they are. And uh, it's been a very positive influence on them. So some of the benefits of the martial arts obviously is self-defense, physical fitness, um, but more importantly for us is our character development system. And so it's not just about you know, learning how to defend yourself, which is quite important, and being physically fit, but we want our students to develop focus and goal setting, to be an upstanding individual in society and a hard worker, to have grit. Those are just some of the qualities along with being focused and having self-discipline as well. I think one of the main things that makes TriStar stand out is their Christian philosophy. The staff is amazing and uh, it's, it's just a great environment to be in. I like to think of it as a lifelong experience. So uh, for us, um, karate has been one of those lifelong sports. Um, it's something that will not only affect you physically, but also mentally and spiritually. And for us, that checks off all of the boxes on something that we would like to encourage our kids to do. I think what separates what we do here at TriStar Martial Arts Academy compared to most schools um, in the county and in the country is that the biggest emphasis for us is the moral Christian values that we have here, the Christian values, the morality that is taught um, because we have something to stand on, which is the Word of God. And so we, being able to actually have a moral code that we can back up through Scripture, um, I think that's probably what you know, separates us. 
And I would encourage any parent thinking about going to TriStar to actually just jump in and do it. Um, it is something that you will see immediate growth um, from um, the experience, and it is a lifelong experience. Lifelong experience. That was awesome. It, it was pretty neat, you know, that they, uh, heck, I got a, I got a video for free. And it's really well put together where I love what she did video-wise with the fades and everything and the different backgrounds and the showing of the plaque and all that. I just want to know what those parents do for a living where they have nine kids and they can afford martial arts. Well, not only, well, but that's how my system works, right? You, I only right. charge for two. Okay. So there you go. They get all that other stuff. All the other ones are coming. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to have, heck, I'm going to have them for life. So even when the other ones go off to college, they're still going to have to pay for two. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Great video. I mean, that's awesome. Perfect. So, I just wanted to share that idea that, you know, look, if you have a college in your town, it could be even be a community college, too, if they have, you know, uh, something to do with videography there. You know, just contact them and say, "Hey, I, I'd love to partner with you." You know, this this is a, you know, a great way for them to cut their teeth. Um, right. You know, and then of course you get you get the videos just as much as they do. Awesome! Very very cool, man. That is great. So uh, so we're out of time already, and then we're going to re-release this up on our Facebook page, I guess. Right? We'll upload it, um, and then we have our. Are we going to play our outro with the uh, sponsors? Oh, of course, we are. Yeah, so just knowing that uh, before we play that, like we have some amazing sponsors, uh, you know, you know, Lead Hunter Media, Elite Insights, you know, uh, Academy Kings, GetKarateStudents.com. You're not on the outro, so why don't you mention your health coaching, how they could get in touch with you? Yeah, I, I'm obviously you can message me on Facebook, um, but yeah, if you want to add health coaching to your martial arts school, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's super easy to do. Um, you know, I've got one school owner that just got on board, um, last month, uh, they, uh, got five people, they're getting five people healthy and, and they made, you know, an extra, you know, a few hundred bucks. And then, uh, I got it. And then the, the following month, they are already up to 20 wow. uh, individuals uh, on that. And, uh, you know, that that's bringing in some, some passive income for them, which is nice. And I wish that the martial arts was as easy to see the results as the health coaching because the health coaching, they're losing weight, they're looking better, they're feeling better. The martial arts are a little slower, you know, you can't really show them, but they're, even though they're developing skills, uh, the health coaching is a real easier way to show people results. So I like it. So that's cool. All right. Well, it was great chatting with you. And then um, too bad we lost a video for whatever crazy reason on Facebook, but at least we have it here and on, on our podcasts. Yeah, and also on YouTube. So just remind everybody, you can go to schoolownertalk.com uh, to get all the past episodes and uh, get information about, uh, you know, us. And you can reach out to us there or you can uh, reach out to, obviously, reach out to us on Facebook as well. Allie, have a great day, sir. And uh, I look forward to our next interview next week with Ron, yeah. Sewell, hopefully. Absolutely. You got it. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Sayonara. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. 
Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, the best darn software for school owner manager on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems. We will see you next time.